United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Let's return to the serious subjects of what's been taking place in Syria and with Turkey and the United States and Russia. Mark Esper, Secretary of Defense, yesterday. I think the broader strategic context is this. Look, it's no surprise that President Trump said coming into office as he campaigned that he wanted to bring American soldiers, service members home as much as he can and to end the endless wars, in, in his words. And so uh, this is part and parcel of that. The truth was that it was not in Turkey's interest as a NATO ally to continue with that incursion. The truth was that our invasion set back our shared fight against ISIS. Uh, we think now we're in a better place. That is the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Let's bring into the conversation Moni Yakubian, who is a senior policy advisor, a senior policy scholar at the United States Institute of Peace, tweeting at M. Yakubian. Mona, welcome back. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. The decision the United States made, for good, for ill, the president says was not a surprise. I wonder, though, if it was a surprise to some people. Well, I guess it was because clearly we we didn't do the sort of contingency planning one would expect, uh, given the way events have unfolded over the last two weeks or so. Uh, But the president actually has been fairly consistent on his desire to have our troops leave Syria starting in April of last year. Um, So in some ways, while it is maybe a surprise to some, it probably shouldn't have been. It was something that angered Kurds, at least if we are to believe the video we saw of the citizens who were throwing potatoes at retreating U.S. military vehicles. My question, I guess, then next is, what is the consequence of this withdrawal? Oh, I I think the consequences are significant. Uh, Certainly from what you've just described, I think our our Kurdish partners on the ground view it as a betrayal, understandably. And I think we should remember that the Kurds lost 11,000 fighters in the battle against ISIS. Uh, They took significant losses. Um, And I think they had had come to rely on us and depend on us as their as their partners on the ground. In addition, though, I think more importantly, what we're seeing is Russia come in and fill the vacuum that's been left by the U.S. withdrawal. Um, we see it in the agreement that was just negotiated between Putin and uh, Turkish President Erdogan. Um, and I think we're going to see it in the in the coming months as as Russia continues to solidify its role as now the key power broker inside Syria. Well, talk about the, I guess, irony of this, because the NATO Alliance North American Treaty Organization was designed to protect countries against the incursion of then Soviet Union, now obviously Russia. And Turkey is a member of that alliance. And here they are aligning with Russia in this particular region, does this do anything to the NATO alliance? Does it render it, render it um, insignificant or, or irrelevant? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say it renders it irrelevant, but it is an absolutely breathtaking turn of events, in a sense, if we think about it. Because now we have Turkey uh, essentially attached at the hip to Russia as a part of this agreement. They are going to be conducting joint patrols across northeastern Syria, um, They've already been engaged in agreements in the northwest of Syria. And so one can't help but conclude that this moves Turkey further out of the western orbit and closer to Russia. Uh, Let's not forget that Turkey also purchased Russian uh, ground-to-air missiles um, this past summer, the S-400. So, yes, I think we are seeing Turkey 
move further and further away from its its role as a NATO ally. Mona, why do you think President Trump is being so accommodating to Turkey? Well, I think President Trump has long talked about, again, his desire to end the forever wars. And uh, at the same time, Turkish President Erdogan has long voiced his concern about our partnership with the Kurds and his desire to see the Kurds pushed off of that border between Turkey and Syria. And so in some ways, um, I think there was sort of a, a, a confluence of interests, if you will, between President Trump and President Erdogan. But again, I think that these, the, the impact of this decision um, is going to have long-term strategic implications for the United States in Syria and, frankly, much more broadly in the Middle East. Mona Yacobian with a senior policy scholar at the United States Institute of Peace. What, is this, uh, uh, what, what does this mean for the possible resurgence of ISIS? Oh, I think it's very concerning. Uh, we were already worried about the potential for ISIS to resurge when we maintained our forces on the ground in partnership with the Kurds. There were signs of sleeper cells emerging and assassinations and other things. Now, uh, the Kurds' attention is going to be, I think, perhaps taken away from its role in the counter-ISIS struggle uh, as it seeks to redefine itself now in this new Syria, this this part of the Northeast that's now going to be uh, under Russian and Syrian regime control. I think it's important to remember the Kurds uh, have been guarding up to 10,000 ISIS fighters in makeshift prisons across Northeast Syria. What's going to happen to those fighters? What will happen to those uh, detention centers? I think it's a big question. Mona, without getting specific about candidates, uh, there's been much more debate about whether or not the United States needs to be involved in these so-called endless wars and the move toward, if not isolationism, certainly a a much more self-centered approach to global affairs. Senator Rand Paul's talked about that. He's more libertarian-leaning in that way. Senator Bernie Sanders has talked about that. Is that a a trend that you see, number one? And number two, is it a trend that is good or, or not so good for the U.S.? Well, it's absolutely a trend, I think we see, a shift, um, frankly, uh, on both sides of the aisle toward wanting to pull America out of these longstanding commitments in the Middle East. What's ironic is that in Syria, we had uh, happened upon a very creative model that featured actually a very small U.S. footprint, 2,000 uh, forces at, at its height, um, and that had been quite successful in liberating uh large swaths of Syria from ISIS uh, control at a very low cost in terms of U.S. blood and treasure. And so that model of working by, with, and through local partners, I would argue, could really help offer uh, a way forward and out of these forever wars. So in other words, this was sort of a military example of working smarter, not harder. I think that's exactly right. Um, and it's, an, it's, a, it's unfortunate that we've abandoned that model, and I hope we at least understand better what the potential benefits are as we think about our engagement in this part of the world going forward. I wonder also if you think, and this is going to wrap us up, but I wonder that you, know, that you talked about the reputation the United States is taking as kind of a hit on, on our standing by allies, et cetera, and this has been part of the conversation. I wonder if it also is an indicator that President Trump telegraphs his moves. In other words, there is a sense now that people I talk to that he not only he liked chaos, he doesn't want to say what he's or talk about what he believes about certain things, but he does seem to be a little bit more predictable that he will back off 
in some ways when the going gets tough. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's just because he's living up to his principles or if because maybe he doesn't feel that he's got a strong enough position to, to really challenge some people. I'm not sure if, if I'm making sense there, but do, do you see where I'm going on that? I think I do. I mean, I th- again, I think the president has actually fairly consistently said that he wants to pull America out of uh, its these forever wars. He's not interested in starting new wars. We've seen that in terms of his response, frankly, from uh, to provocations from Iran, um, where the Iranians downed a U.S. drone, and the president at the last minute decided to avert uh, sending uh, U.S. Uh, missiles uh, to Iranian targets. So. Um, I think it's fairly clear that this is a president who is very conflict-averse uh, in a region that, frankly, at this point is, is incredibly uh, volatile and, um, and unfortunately, I think, holds the potential uh, for greater instability down the road. You had the phrase that I was looking for, conflict-averse, and maybe that's it. Uh, Mona, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Tim. Mona Yacobian, who is a senior policy scholar at the U.S. Institute of Peace and Thoughts on Syria, tweeting at M-Y-A-C-O-U-B-I-N. That is at M. Yacobian. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.